That's me on the podcast Sharing a song With something to say about it With Thin Lear And Niagara Moon Losing my opinion Well, uh, do either any of you have an idea of how you want to get started? I, I was hoping the Kanye thing could... I don't think we got enough of that, though, to make that... <laughs> you want to just recreate it? Like it's a, a true no. crime reenactment? <laughs> I don't think we need to be talking about Kanye on no. this podcast in any capacity. No, he certainly... He does enough talking for himself. He's all, Yeah, he's all set. Uh, we do have somebody here today who... A lot of folks asked us to bring back on, despite the level of depravity that he brought back with him by popular demand. last time. Total chaos on here. Uh, if you haven't listened to the episode with Nathaniel, Nathaniel Safran, please go back and, and listen to that. It starts with Billy Joel, and then it decays into trouble uh, rap, rap skits <laughs> and a significant amount of uh, bleeped out content. Yeah, but people were complaining. They re they really wanted to, they uh, wanted to get hear to hear it. it, and we had to protect them from it. Well, we're too we're too buttoned up, you know. And yeah. you know who's not buttoned up is Nate, and he's here, <laughs> and he's back, and and we're going to try to be less stuffy than we usually are. Loosen our collar, try to let our hair down a little. Yeah, you puritanical yeah. little uh, <laughs> dweebs. Uh, <laughs> you, you got us, Matt. What do we do? You masochistic prudes. We are, we are dweebs. I used masochist, <laughs> the word masochistic like five minutes ago before you came on. So Well, I was just uh, saying because it's like the editing that was probably involved on uh, Thomas's no, part. It's, yeah. it's, hey, it's, it's, it's no big whoop. Uh, you're listening to Losing My Opinion. I am Niagara Moon, a.k.a. Tom Serwin. I'm Thin Lear, a.k.a. Matt Longo. And I'm Nathaniel Saffron. <laughs> a.k.a. AKA Saffron. Yeah, He's back. AKA Saffron. Our first yeah. returning guest. Returning and, guest. Uh, I'm, I'm excited. Eat I, that, I like Tom. <laughs> <laughs> no, by the way, Tom Tom was great. I really enjoyed Tom's wrestling episode. Yeah. He did a great job. Yeah. back, too, yeah. yeah. No, it's Invite nice. Invite him back. He was awesome. We're, uh, we're growing the family a little bit. Losing my opinion, extended universe. Yeah. Uh huh. The LMO ECU. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so we're going to talk about some tunes today, aren't we? And nobody else knows what to expect. Um, myself and, and Nate are presenting today. We got we got topics to discuss. Um, and I guess I'm going first. You are. Yeah. It's a place that you are infinitely uncomfortable in. But I am. I have a lot of faith in you. I don't get today. to warm up or nothing. I'm yeah. Just, usually go! I get to. I get to blow it immediately, and then Thomas can roll in. Everything's all smooth. Yeah, and I get to feel all superior. <laughs> right. But not today. Uh, so, you know what? I've really been uh, indulging myself these past couple of weeks, I feel like. I've been talking about artists that I love and kind of have some sense of ownership over, and I get to be their ambassador. And I just it's been all fun and chuckles. And so, naturally, I want to balance it out. I wanted to really challenge myself this week and pick something that just going in, I have very, very negative connotations with. Mm -hmm. um, and I suspect both of you do as well. I'd be, I'd be willing to bet. Although you never know, the, the, there could always be the odd take floating around about this band. But uh, I think I'm going to say their name and you guys are both going to go, ah. Oh. That's just my prediction up top. Um, but this week sucked as 
fucking but it had us with a silver lining it it came around at the end i had a moment of catharsis but we'll get into that later but this was not a fun week this was this is where this really started to feel like an unpaid internship here again with the masochism but yeah, yeah we do oh we this do truly this was a masochistic week for me the flagellation well th- these are the only episodes that people like it's when we is when we we crap on things so honestly be- i'm so much more excited that you prefaced it with oh my god this is dog shit you're gonna hate this yeah it's but again it's there was a a moment of clarity at the end that kind of put things in into perspective for me so it's not all bad this wasn't a total dumpster fire could matt and i guess the artist you're welcome to guess i mean if you want to go ahead now uh i can i'm gonna give you more clues in a minute yeah each get two wait wait wait. i need more context i will get more context if either you wants to guess now though is it modern modern artist or not i guess a band you don't just get to ask me for dave matthews band no not dave matthews band not a bad guess uh Shit, Leonard Skinner. No, and I kind of like Leonard Skinner a little bit here and there. I like three Leonard Skinner songs. Yeah, like everybody does, if they're being honest with um, themselves. Fish. Not fish, Ooh. and I don't even... We can't, I had a fish episode on my last podcast. I can't hate them. There's I can a whole just, podcast. I can, I can only just not understand them. Oh, yeah, Analyze Fish. It's I, uh, amazing. I'm yeah. a we fan, can't, yeah. It's great, and we can't do that. Yeah. yeah. No, that's well-worn territory. No, this yeah. band... Okay, guys. This band is literally the most successful band of the 21st century. Ooh. That is a documented fact. This is what the people want above all else. Eagles? Are we talking about the Eagles? Modern era, modern band. 21st century. 21st century. It's a band. It's not a solo artist? I'll give you that. Yeah, I'll give you that breadcrumb as well. It is a band. They are the biggest selling band of the entire 21st century. It is not Imagine Dragons. Uh, that is a very good guess. And all right, maybe this is giving you another hint. Imagine Dragons is just like whatever. That's like poppy, electronic adjacent music for for kids. I know that's not for me. I can just ignore that. That's in the corner. Doesn't bother me. This is a band that for a long time, you know, for most of my life and growing up, I just had really strong, just vitriol towards. I wanted to really pick a band that I could just go at the top, like, oh, this is gonna stink. Nickelback. You know, I, no, again, I I really don't have a connection to Nickelback. All right, um, Lincoln this Park, is, fellas, fellas. <laughs> I'm talking about the biggest selling band of the 21st century. They've been care, been compared by many to Coldplay. I mean, to the Beatles, it is Coldplay. Oh, <laughs> Freudian slip. <laughs> I was like, uh, Radiohead. Like what? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> is it Muse? <laughs> so I'm talking about Coldplay. Wow, they're the biggest okay. selling band of the 21st the century. Biggest selling band of the 21st century, and uh, yeah, what do you what do you guys think about Coldplay? We we into Coldplay? I immediately don't hate Coldplay as much as you do. I understand why people dislike them. I think their last couple albums are unlistenable, but uh, I really I enjoy Viva La Vida. I think that's cool. I like the first record. I think there's some really good tunes on that, and um, Rush of Blood to the Head. I think is a good album. All right. That's yeah, opinion number I, one. Um, I actually really fucking love their first two albums. And oh, shit. then think um, uh, Viva La Vida is like passable. Okay. Uh, and don't, uh, I don't really, I've never listened to some of their more recent albums to like enough to form yeah. a strong opinion. Just like um, 
some of the like radio friendly hits just didn't appeal to me. So I kind of just lost interest. Mm. Yeah. I do have a story about their latest record where my brother put it on. I was, it was, it was an hour long drive and I was, I had him in the car and he put it on as a joke, like, Oh, let's check this out. And then he dropped my phone in between the seats. <laughs> so then we had to listen to it, uh, actually twice through cause it's not an hour long. So it just kind of kept going. So there's a masochist and a sadist in the Longo household. That's what it sounds yeah. like here. Yeah, yeah, two morons. Wow. So that was uh, what the fuck was that one called? Like, what a beautiful I don't know. It universe was like we live in. Symbols and stuff. It stopped yeah. being funny after like 15 minutes <laughs> of us listening to it. Oh man! But I gotta say, off the top, both of you surprised me. I, I texted. To, go ahead. I have strong feelings about Chris Martin. I, I think I was having a conversation with someone a couple of weeks ago. We were talking about like who. It's not even selling out because it's like they were a huge band on a huge label initially. But like who has ignored their talent more the most in favor of just being a pop monster? And he's got to be up there because like that dude can write a melody. Um, You know, you can say all the scientists, you know, that that his songwriting is cheesy or whatever. But like I think similar to Billy Joel, I mean, coming back to this, like he knows how to write a, a tuneful song like he's a he's a he's a tunesmith. And yet, on the last like three or four albums or whatever, like he's just they're trying to be like Maroon Five or something. And I think he he is more concerned with being a celebrity now and popular than he is like this, mm. this craft. Very um, common opinion. Nate, yeah, you got any rebuttals to that? It, not, I, I agree. I think that the main problem with Coldplay is that um, yeah, the early commercial success of Russia Blood to the Head led them to just play it safe a lot. Um, so that album, like, X and Y, I think that was the follow-up to Russia yeah, Blood. Yeah, it was. To head. And oh, I remember boy, was it. Mm-hmm. That was the, for, like, I was eagerly anticipating it and was very let down. And part of the reason was just, like, there were tracks on it that almost, like, it was so obvious what they were shooting for. Like, there was one that sounded just like Clocks. Speed of shittier. Sound. Speed of speed Sound, of, yeah. Speed of Sound. And uh, it just seemed like a band that was like trying to just recreate what made them commercially successful mm. in a very bland, unadventurous way. And I don't think that they ever like got to the level artistically that they did on the first two very albums. And I kind of just like didn't so much care, you know, uh, to follow a band that like I felt like it was kind of diminishing returns. Mm. Well, uh, I got to say, I have quite a different opinion from the both of you. I texted Matt this week that it just, we were not having a good time. I was really not enjoying myself. And that was particularly in the early part of their discography. Because did I try wow. to just start from Parachutes and go all the way forward chronologically and listen to every song? Yes, I did. Did that experiment fail miserably? Oh, you betcha. <laughs> I'm listening to Coldplay whenever I have, you know, some some time to... to, to uh, to digest it. I'm, I'm cooking dinner. I got the headphones on and my wife, Wayne means like, Are you okay? Like you seemed a little on edge right now or bummed out. I'm like, yeah, I just got to fucking listen to Coldplay. <laughs> like that was a moment that happened this week. That was halfway through Russia blood to the head. I think their early stuff. Oh, I got under my skin. I fucking hate all of it. I hate their first <laughs> album. I hate their second album. I, I hate so you, X, X and Y would be the worst, though. That, but yeah, we yeah, can definitely agree on that, but like, I yeah. fucking hated it from the get-go. Well, I mean, it's not worse than the last like three or four records. Are you saying that you started to enjoy the later stuff? I started to not 
So again, we're talking about feelings, reactions to music on like a visceral level. The hate, the contempt, and the just disgust went away with Viva La Vida, which I actually kind of genuinely enjoyed. And then from there, like it all clicked into place and made sense for me. You know, mm. Milo Exlato or whatever the fuck that one is. Uh, and all their stuff in the 2010s. It's Milo Zilato. Like it, it's Milo Zilato. The, the hate went away. Like I, I, even if I didn't like it, it didn't offend me anymore. And again, I can get into that later today. But I fucking hate... Oh my God! With maybe brief exceptions, like politic part of that song, I can kind of stomach. Song. Is Love it, that song. Is it but, that you think it's um, like saccharine and cheesy? Um, oh yeah, I mean that's that's without saying it, but <laughs> yeah. it really what I it don't is. Disagree. No, I, I yeah, hundred percent. I mean, if we want to start, you know, slandering it, it's Radiohead for soccer moms. Well, that's what, when they came out, and Thomas is younger than us, don't forget that, Nate. So this is kind of like, <laughs> Very much this younger. is the conversation that we had. Remember we were in the radio station at Binghamton and uh, we were running, ran into those, those two dudes. They were much older and they, we were talking shit about REM and they were like, you don't understand how interesting it was when it came out. Like, I feel like this is like a yeah. somewhat similar conversation. That's so a great Col- parallel. When Coldplay came out, it was like kind of fun because, you know, Radiohead were doing their thing and this was like, all the critics and kind of everyone sort of in agreement, like, oh, this is like Radiohead light. That uh, defeats I, the whole purpose of what a band like Radiohead does to me. Well, I, I think that's an unfair thing. I never really agreed with that, but it was like, that. you know, sad British guy hunched over a piano, like, um, you know, the guy from Charlie Brown and like that was sort of their thing. And, uh, but yeah, I mean, I think that does them a, a disservice. It was just like really light, catchy, emotive stuff. That was cheesy, but also so had annoying. song craft to it. So it might have been a you-had-to-be-there kind of moment. <laughs> it was, yeah, I put up a photo of Chris Mine on the back. He back looks like he's getting here. knocked out. He looks like he's blowing your head. <laughs> <laughs> so I, the reason Coldplay inspired such hatred within me, going through these first three albums especially, was like, They kept tricking me over and over. Like a song would start and I'd be like, oh, is this like an obscure, is this like a song from the Benz era? Like a Radiohead song I just never heard before and maybe it'll just be a little more like mild and generic than their usual stuff. No, it's, okay, Chris Martin's voice, I don't like it. It's not like it's bad, but it's just, yeah, saccharine sweet and it's just this romantic comedy flavor. Like half the songs are just about like, oh, you're so great, honey. I just, I need to just get my act together and listen to you more. It's just so like tail between its legs energy. But then like trying to mimic Radiohead. Sincerely, Chris Chris Martin talks about that all the time. Like how much like OK Computer meant to him and how influential that band was on their sound. And it's like putting those things together. It's It kept being like, like if I saw a donut that looked really tasty and I bit into it and it's got mayonnaise in the middle. That's what I kept feeling over and over playing each song on these records, The Rush of the Blood to the Head. I remember that song being huge and, and clocks, you know, being in car commercials. And again, as a kid, always looking for the next thing to get into, especially excited if it was something more contemporary. I'm like, oh, cool. Yeah, like maybe these guys are another kind of Radiohead deal. But it's the songwriting is it just kept sucking out my soul, and I don't, I couldn't quite put my finger on it. I thought you guys would be uh, more in my wavelength here, but you tell that that stuff never got to you, huh? No, well, I mean, you have to think about the 
context in which we heard it. I mean, I feel about them sort of similarly to how I feel about like Red Hot Chili Peppers, where um, some, something that's so, so popular, it's almost like I give it leeway. You know, when it, when it's so massively popular, like worldwide popularity, and it's like still like minimally pretty good, I, I just give it a lot of leeway because usually stuff that rises to the very top is unlistenable. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, I do disagree. Yeah. I, th- I think the context is, is somewhat connected, but I think like there are songs on that first and second record that I, I, I can't say I've listened to that recently, right. but like right. Trouble, the song Trouble, I think oh, is a great song. I, I didn't like that one. I, <laughs> Spies, I thought Spies was so stupid. It's like, what are you really saying in the song? Like it, it felt like the writing lyrics in like a simple Wikipedia format, like the vocabulary is so limited and just so vapid. I don't think anyone was going to Coldplay looking for Leonard Cohen, though. I think it's a real specific. But if you're going to call yourself thing. a Radiohead inspired, you got to have some depth but, in there. It's so, just so the chord progressions are bland. The whole thing is just a mayonnaise sandwich. So the that's Radiohead, pretending to be something more. But the Radiohead comparison always really annoyed me. Um, that's what they sound like, though. Okay. Yeah. Well, but, but they no, but they don't. They don't though. <laughs> they it's kind of like sonically. I think when like Oasis came out. Yeah. And people were like, "Oh, are they the next Beatles?" And I was like, "Yeah." Do you they think they sound Beatlesy? They do. Yeah. A little if bit the, if John Lennon but, got kicked in the head. <laughs> yeah. If they just had like a tenth of the talent, and like you know they were even a fraction of as like innovative, right? It's like. Uh, I liked those first two Coldplay albums, but like, you know, when I was getting into them, I was absolutely obsessed with Radiohead. They were my favorite band. And I was like, I could like Coldplay and I could like Radiohead. I don't really see them being comparable. Like, I guess people always made the connection because they're British and they would blend acoustic instrumentation with like sonic landscapes, right? And like electronic stuff. But it's like... I don't know. I feel like Radiohead is this landmark band and like Coldplay's fine. Like, and I kind of think that like, Coldplay's um, fine. (laughs) Yeah. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I I like bologna and mayonnaise. (laughs) Yeah. It's, it's like, uh, I don't know. You know, the thing is, I wonder if I would like it if I got into it now, but like, I don't really think it's super sophisticated either. It's just like when Russia blood to the head came out, I was in 10th grade. Right. I wasn't that sophisticated. I wasn't like had like great emotional yeah. depth and intelligence. So like, you know, it spoke to me then. And now I have like this nostalgia and this soft spot for it. But I imagine if it came out now, I'd be like, fuck these guys. Yeah. See, that's it's like I heard all of these songs up until X and Y, like in middle school, early, early high school. Yeah. And I they really. I turned sour on him then, and then I just totally forgot about this band until doing this podcast. And I'm like, okay, let's let's go straight to the jugular here. And uh, yeah, I am getting this perspective of like, you know, the context isn't there. I'm just going through songs on Spotify and reacting to the sounds. And it was, it uh, what I again the point I keep coming back to. All right, say forget Radiohead for a moment. Say if you want to say U2 or any other kind of band. We could say the Beatles, we could say George Harrison, we could say any kind of group or artist that, you know, all of us would say we like and has artistic merit and songwriting and everything. Coldplay kind of like paints with those colors. And I start again with each song, I keep anticipating, you know, craft that's going to somewhat resemble those great artists, but then it just keeps being this 
garbaggio for me. And that, that was what was really getting under my skin. And at this point, we got to play song because I've just been harping on the same point for 15 minutes. Too contentious. You brought in something too contentious. What was your favorite early period uh, Coldplay song? Just spit one out for me. I think mine was Trouble. Trouble? How about you, Nate? <laughs> you probably agree. I'd say either that one or The Scientist because it, so, it was so fun. All right. And so popular. Fun. Uh, okay. We're going to listen to the <laughs> fucking scientist right now. You tell me how okay. fun it is. Well, you know how I mean, you know what I mean when I say fun, because like this, this is the reason people look back and say, oh, I think corn was great. Like, is it? It's just <laughs> that it was super popular and it was somewhat interesting and a hell of a lot better than everything else that was at the top level. It was a and social I, catalyst. Like, I, oh, I, guess, I like this band, you like this band, it's, yeah, yeah, I get all Out that, of the but. stuff that is being thrust upon you on a daily basis, if some of it is, like, decent, you're going to say, like, that's pretty good. And I think you need a band like them where it's, like, they were mixed in with a whole bunch of stuff that none of the three of us mm, would, like, come close right. to listening to. See, them being kind of that bridge, that's that's what got under my skin. I don't know, I maybe I can't even put it into words, but, like, I... I wish they would only just be totally vapid top 40 or be a more interesting band that took risks from the beginning. Their their place in the middle is very unique and very frustrating to me. But um, all that said, let's listen to Scientist. Well, I was going to say one thing that like... No, nope, it's got a thought. Oh, sorry. <laughs> no, <laughs> go, go to... for it. He brought this in, man. No, He's got to deal I with it. I was just going to say like one thing that I will agree with you that like I have a problem with Radiohead. I'm a Radiohead with... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> with Coldplay, is with that Joel? like anytime you think they're gonna like, they could subvert expectations. They just give you. They do not. The, yeah, they give you the, the exactly what you'd expect, and and that kind of gets under my skin. Is kind over of and over. Yeah. The each yeah, new that. song I put on, I'm like, oh, is this one of the? Nah. Like I said, Paltic came close for a minute, but then it ugh, just a mayonnaise soup. All right. We're going to listen to The Scientist. You tell me if either of you folks, you hear this, and this still hits you on any kind of level. right? This is supposed to be one of the best Coldplay songs. Uh, Chris Martin was inspired by listening to All Things Must Pass. Uh, for better or for worse, I do hear that influence in this song. Um, let's, uh, let's listen in real time, shall we? I can't wait to hear this song again. <laughs> My heart is a flutter. Three guys in their 30s just staring at each other as a song. I'm 29. I guess for all intents and purposes, three guys in their 30s staring at each other. I feel like I'm falling in love with you guys. That's kind of what it feels like. I do still like this. I feel like it's a well-written, you know, somewhat cheesy pop love song. 
this song and like you know we would listen to like the association never my love or whatever which we both liked yes, but like you know songs songs from the 60s or 70s that we i think give a pass to for being cheesy maybe because of the production quality or the fact that it was made decades before we were born or whatever we say oh that's okay but i think with these guys they were so ubiquitous and and they're so modern and are still around that they don't get that same leeway but like it's just a cheesy love song that's well written and that's still how i look at it where i just enjoy it for what it is but i think the context is is weighing it down for you it sounds like I just also, again, when you don't like somebody's voice, it doesn't matter how, quote unquote, good the music can be. I'm just, I'm never going to like Chris Martin's voice. There's no, there's no objective reason for it, but it really does. I don't like the the vibe it creates, but you know what? There's only much more I can angrily spit into this microphone about this band. I'll I'll let, uh, Nate, did this bring back any sweet memories for Um, you? So I'll say when the album came out, I like that song. That's not a song that I feel like holds up. And because the piano, just that, the piano chord progression is just so bland and boring that it's... It sounds uh, like a mansion. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, it's not my favorite John Lennon song, so... Uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. And I feel like with John Lennon in Imagine, you give him the benefit of the doubt, like Matt saying. Because the lyrics are yeah. very interesting, I would say. Yeah, that's true. That is true. Uh, but yeah, this is, I mean, it's not the track I would pick to defend Coldplay. Would that track be Politic or Trouble? Um, I mean, I haven't listened to Trouble in a while, but I do remember thinking it was a more interesting song. All right. Well, I think this helps me segue nicely because I am now going to play a Coldplay song I genuinely like believe it or not. Uh, As I said, I was going through this week listening album by album chronologically. Oh, by the time I got to X and Y, that was punishing. That album is over an hour long. All the songs go on two, three minutes too long. It's so bland. But then I got to Viva La Vida or Death and All's Friends or whatever the hell it's called. You got Brian Eno producing. Yeah, they did the they did the YouTube thing. Boy, is that not gonna improve they did things? The, they did the YouTube. Yes, thing. and boy, am I grateful! It was so much easier to listen than anything I had before, and also it, it wasn't an album I was familiar with. Like, obviously, we've all heard the title track a million times on the radio, uh, but besides that, I really had no context for anything. I was not familiar with any of these songs. I was surprised by how pleasant it was. Um, Something about that album. Well, it's Brian Eno, but something about that album in particular. Um, and Matt, you were saying you were, you were still pretty familiar with that one. Yeah, I I really like that record. I mean, I, I, again, it doesn't deviate from what you think it would be. Like when you heard like, oh, Brian Eno's coming on board, it was like I don't think I was expecting some wildly experimental thing. It was just like this has flourishes to Eno like flourishes to it, you know, in the same way that um, Joshua Tree does or or whatever. Um, but yeah, I really, I think this is an interesting record. Uh, there's some good songs in there, like Strawberry Swing and, uh, Viva La Vida. I think that, that, that title track is pretty good. Violet Hill. Yep. I agree. Those were all the songs I had on my mind. Uh, but, uh, Nate, are you totally blank on this one? You'd already abandoned him by 2008. Uh, Yeah. I mean, um, when this album came out, I listened to it and I think I listened to it once and never again. Uh, and then obviously heard the hits on the radio, but. 
dun, yeah. Dun, dun. Just like every hockey game ever. Like, yeah. Yeah. I, I could never hear that song again. I'd be happy. I, it didn't bother me too much. I still was like, oh, it's kind of slaps. <laughs> like it really, something about the style on that record was so much smoother for me than previous. It, it's more unique. Like it's more onto itself. It doesn't sound like a rock band anymore. I hated when they were a rock band. I never thought I'd be on a podcast like vaguely defending Coldplay. Uh, <laughs> Thomas has just put me in that position. But uh, I remember I went to a festival in like 08 or 09 or something like that. And I was so hyped to see MGMT. I was hyped to see them play. Oh. And then they, they were playing at the same time as Coldplay. And I was like, Psh, like looking down on everybody that was going over to the big field, like, you know, lame. And then yeah, MGMT yeah. came on and we're like, singing to backing tracks and it seemed like they could barely play their instruments it was like oh and then i walked over to the coldplay set and it was just like it was coldplay and they did what they did and it was enjoyable to watch so i think that kind of explains their appeal i bet if if i was there in the crowd you know among the 50 million fans and everybody just like is their day is made hearing those guys play and the energy they give out i my heart could probably warm up a little bit but uh I want to listen to Strawberry Swing. I genuinely like this song. Uh, this is whatever Coldplay did here in this year. Like, this makes sense to me. And this is, it's still like, I'm not going to keep coming back to this record, but this makes sense. And I thought, like, it, the experimentation they are allowing is kind of interesting and unique. I like the weird melody. I always thought this was a Frank Ocean song. Like I heard the Frank Ocean uh, version, and I'm like, "Ooh, yeah. I like Frank Ocean. How come he doesn't make more songs like this?" No, nah, so these guys are the original. Cool. I wanna, I wanna chomp, chomp my teeth into this. We'll see if uh, Nate warms up to it at all. I also like that. Uh, Do you think about me now and then? Do you think about me now <laughs> yeah. and then? Yeah. Oh, so now this is the opportunity to talk about Kanye again. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. <laughs> Abort, abort. <laughs> Just, we yeah. all downloaded Parlor for the listeners. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, are you ready? Both of you are ready to listen? I'm so ready. That guitar tone's really cool. This looks like a big budget video. Oh, you think? <laughs> I like the beat. This looks like the horse in motion. This is pleasant. Yeah, I'm not gonna like, you know, die on the hill of saying this is like brilliant, but like, this is light, nice sounding. Song. Kind of unique. Yeah. How are we doing over there, Nate? You know what this actually sounds like to me? It's not like Radiohead, but like Cigarose, light, and less freaky and Icelandic. <laughs> Relaxing. Got a cool string sound in there. Man always loves to sing about what a beautiful, perfect day it is. It's a recurring theme. Hell yeah. Uh, so, 
Yeah, I, I got to this point and I was like, thank God this isn't just going to be a hate fest. Like there's something for me to grab onto here. Whatever, you know, Coldplay refers to those first three albums as a trilogy. I get that. Trilogy of Terror. Trilogy's over. My mood lightened up a lot. Mm. I think for me, after Viva La Vida, I, I just don't. I mean, there's nothing that I gravitate <laughs> towards. It's all. That's when he sort of like, they just became like Maroon 5 or something. You are absolutely just, correct. Yeah. It's like a, like a pop monster. Yes. I had not heard any of those songs like from Milo Zilato on, I did, had no context for any of that. I don't think I was even living in the country anymore uh, by the time that stuff was coming out. I was in, in Japan. I'd escaped Coldplay on the radio for a while. But I got to say, you know, I, I listened to some of that stuff for this week, you know, just to prepare a little bit more. It, it wasn't getting under my skin anymore. It couldn't. It, it, I, my, I was able to put my shields up because it was just unabashedly just crappy, generic like electronic radio pop. And there was no uh, ambiguity about it. So I could relax. I was like, okay, this is obviously this kind of music that everybody loves. I don't, but like, I'm used to this. Like I can deal with this. And I, I had an okay time. I don't know if that, that makes sense to you all. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I guess if you're like your standards for what you're expecting are just like, oh, okay, well, I'm not really expecting much because everyone talks up the first couple of albums. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So, yeah, your expectations are lower, so it's easier to match them. The, the context, uh, yeah, didn't bother me anymore. And it's also, yeah, just uh, call me whatever, but I didn't like hearing genres and styles that I really like and artists that I admire, like all that being interpreted by an artist that is so not that. And then by the, so by the time you get to the 2010s and the stuff they're doing then, it's like, okay, I have no connection to this whatsoever. So I can just like see it from afar. But, uh, you know, it's not exactly a compliment, but it's like, I wonder, part of my brain goes to like, okay, did Brian Eno sit him down? And it's like, hey guys, if you want to keep being the biggest band on the planet, you want to keep these arenas full, just lean into that. Do, do the electronic pop thing. I, wa- I wonder if they had like some kind of musicological discussion at some point. Cause that is like when things turned in that direction. Well, I think he, they bring him in. He's like the song doctor for when people want to bring in vaguely experimental electronic touches to pop music. Uh, they bring that dude in and he does his thing. I mean, I, th- I think what he did with Bowie was a bit different though. That seemed like more of a collaborative thing where they went further yeah. out. But I think, you know, like what he did with you too. And, um, Coldplay, even Talking Heads. Like, I, I think he sort of is, he brings in like just a little bit of experimental touch, but not too much. But not too much. <laughs> no. It's a very vague uh, Talking Heads reference there. Well, Brian Eno produced the song Once in a Lifetime. I want to end things with a Coldplay song called Adventure of a Lifetime. Ooh. Oh boy, this is not going to be good. I don't think. Do you know this song, either of you? I know it's a more recent one. I have no idea. It sounds like a Rudyard clipping. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Before this week, the image I had in my head of Coldplay was was stuff like the Scientist. I'm a changed man from now on. When I think Coldplay, I'm thinking this stuff. This this is the true Coldplay to me. What I'm about to show you both. Uh, it's a song called Adventure of a Lifetime. I think it's like from 2015. Yep from the album A Head Full of Dreams 
you know, I, I like the the imagery is unabashedly, you know, positive and welcoming at this point. You know, uh, it's 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 artistically consistent, and we're we're gonna enjoy a uh, music video here. This is the official video for Adventure of a Lifetime. I think you've lost us. You, we clearly only cared about the early discography. <laughs> well, I think you'll like this music video. I recommend to our listeners at home too to check out the uh, the video specifically. I think it's pretty cool. Whoa. This looks pretty low budget to me. Oh, I know this song. Yeah, yeah. Alright, so it's Monkeys Out in the Woods. Oh my god. What a cool speaker. It's Monkeys jamming out to some Coldplay. Ooh, the other monkey likes it. Ooh, Chris Martin's the monkey. See, this is the kind of stuff that can make me smile. <laughs> this sounds... Oh, oh, my God. What? This sounds like the end of Ice Age 2 or something. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. Are you telling me you prefer this to the scientist? Oh yeah. I honestly do. Not to Viva La Vida, of course not. The, the part of this that got my wife the most upset was she was like, they can't even make the monkeys dance in unison. Like they're still, they're like off when they like cut to the group vote. Yeah, this shot. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you know, it seems like a pretty DIY video, so you gotta <laughs> yeah. cut them some slack. Um, so that's Coldplay. Is that Coldplay? It sounds like Dua Lipa, right? Like, I feel like uh, I was expecting her to jump in instead of Chris Martin. And I, have they not collaborated by now? Like on their new album, they're collaborating with Selena Gomez. I would BTS. bet a hundred. I would bet a hundred dollars that they've collaborated with Dua Lipa, and I have no idea. But I would just bet that at some. Why point would you not? They have collaborated. Yeah. That writes I'm itself. Not, you know, I, I think Dua Lipa. Dua Lipa is like a pretty good pop star. But it's just Except like when she's sampling Elton John, that turned me off. That was Nate. Have you heard that? It's like no. <laughs> it's crazy. It is crazy. I'll send and it to I you. Think they, it's okay. gonna be a long, long. They, oh, they bring in I have heard Man. that. I feel like it was on one of your your episodes, right? Yes. Was. That's yeah. Dua Lipa. Yeah. Oh, interesting. And Elton. Mm-hmm. Wow. Um, you know, Dua Lipa's fine. It's just not what I want to have Coldplay. <laughs> <laughs> Nate, you, Nate, you should make that your email handle. That should be Nate's email yeah, handle. Yeah, yeah. Dua Lipa is not what no, I want. It's like Coldplay. <laughs> well, you have now heard my whole spiel on Coldplay. I can put this to rest. I don't. I don't have the contempt in my heart for this band anymore because I understand them now. I know what they what they are and what they're going for, and it all makes sense to me now. Mm. I, I feel like I understand them less. <laughs> <laughs> Like what they they who they are and what they're going after is it just like more money and success because like that just sounded I don't know like they couldn't be that excited to do that billions of people yeah love what they're doing and they want to make those people happy this maybe not have, billions but like hundreds well, of millions. no this has one point three billion views yeah. people uh, love this they're giving the people what they want and isn't that what the people deserve Nate that's what I was saying before where it's like if you think about who has 
because I you can't even call it selling out because like it's, I struggle with what to call this. But they like, found themselves. Who they has found ignored, what they were truly meant to be? Who has ignored their talent more? <laughs> you should shut the fuck up. Who has ignored their talent more than Chris Martin? Because like the guy. Okay, so we talk about Billy Joel. Did Billy Joel keep writing shit album after shit album and stay at the top of the the Billboard charts, making whatever was supposed to be popular at that point in time? He didn't. He stopped he made writing classical records. music. He yeah. made classical records, right. So it's like if he was just like, even though we say he's cheesy, which Chris Martin is as well, if he was like, I'm going to forget about writing songs with like structure and melody and just try to get after whatever is happening at the moment, it just seems like a like a sellout kind of yeah. gesture. By the way, I have a Billy Joel update. I actually listened to some, some Joel after the podcast. I got to say, I was more into it. There's some good stuff in there, isn't there? Yeah. Yeah, I was vibing out to the stranger. Yeah. Yeah. It's good. Yeah. I mean, bang, there are a whole bang, bunch bang, of bang, bang. scenes from an Italian restaurant. I want to vomit, but like, whoa. You know, yeah. Bottle of red. Yeah. Bottle of white. <laughs> All right. Well, this this was contentious. I I think I got a little too fired up today. No, this was good. No, it's we great. Need, we need this. We need this. Uh, this chaos. Well, speaking yeah. of cha- speaking of chaos, uh, <laughs> Nate has yet to share any YouTube links with us. And last time oh. he did a homemade MP3 of um, uh, Rapskit mashup, so I'm a little nervous that we don't have any. So I actually uploaded some FLAC files to Parler. Um, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> yeah, everybody log into your Parler account to access Nate's files. Uh, so Nate, what have you been listening to this week? This week, uh, I mean Billy Joel. Um, <laughs> Besides Billy Joel. Well, I've been listening to the artists that I was going to describe. So part of what you guys do is you find something that you think is shitty and then you either try to, you know, say, oh, it actually is shitty or I changed my mind. And then sometimes it's you're trying to like kind of um, advocate for an artist. And so this time I think I'm, I'm doing the latter. So... This artist, I'm not sure you're familiar with them. And if you are, I'm guessing you don't know the whole story. Okay. So the, the artist I was going to talk about today is Matt Farley. Are you familiar with this guy? I am familiar with Matt Farley. But I, many people are not. Okay. Tell me uh, what you know about Matt Farley. I mean, do you want me to give the whole lowdown of, of who he is? Or do you want to give, give the introduction there? Yeah, sure. I could give it. So it's um, Matt Farley is this... Um, a guy who lives in uh, New England. Last time on the podcast, I was saying how like less is more with albums, right? That uh, I like, al- you know, double albums are stupid. Like I like when artists are just like, you know, all killer, no filler. Well, Matt Farley is the exact opposite. He is the most prolific songwriter on the planet. He has 23,000 songs on Spotify. He has a 24 hour long album. In the year 2006, he recorded an album every day for the entire year and then released his favorite one for each month. Um, and yeah, so because he's incredibly prolific, the way that I listen to his music and I feel like the way I appreciate his music is totally distinct from any other artist. It's kind of a singular thing, which is akin more to the way I enjoy a podcast than uh, Mm. most other artists, right? So I think a lot of people, when they listen to podcasts, you might, if you're a listener, you might uh, be listening to this podcast for the same reason. I feel like you kind of just 
want to have a good time. It's like people who you think are a fun hang who are just yeah. kind of funny and they're like shooting us. shit. Yeah, hopefully we're a fun hang. Don't <laughs> um, leave. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it's kind of like you're at work or you're commuting and you want something to take your mind off of whatever it is you're doing, right? Like, um, and I feel like when I'm listening to Matt Farley, it's like I like him and it's a fun hang and I want to listen to his takes on stuff and they just happen to be songs. But I think that he's actually like people really um, underestimate I feel like his musicianship um, because like the way that he was kind of covered in the press because he has 24,000 songs right. and it's this crazy thing where he's like, like making money off of Spotify just through volume. He's the guy who fooled Spotify. He pulled one over yeah. on Spotify. He's not a real so, artist. So like all of the kind of initial press for Matt Farley was stuff like here's the guy the like writes shit songs and is spamming Spotify. Spamming and it's like, Spotify. And I think his contention would be like, yeah, this is totally a novelty and I, this is a calculated move. Um, but like you would be surprised how hard it is to come up with like 20 songs a day and record them. Oh, you uh, think? Yeah. <laughs> and I don't so think I'd be surprised like, by Yeah. People don't really appreciate it. Um, but yeah. And to do I, that day in, day out. Like, yeah, like and job. I think he's really funny. I think what he's most known for is like his poop material. So he has multiple aliases, and one of them is the toilet bowl cleaners. And I think something like 2,000 of his songs are about poop. And the reason for that is little kids will say into their Alexa or whatever, or they'll put into Spotify, just poop. And so if they say, like, Spot, you know, Alexa, play poop. His song will come on And so he's made like a ton of money off of that um, So I'm going to first share One of these kind of scatological songs um, Yay yeah, yeah. You see he's Matt kind of, It's just poop humor today It's harmless Sure He's kind of like a, an algorithmic genius And Nate I, I know of this guy through Vaguely through you uh, Yeah Am I wrong in saying that like You know him Or you've met him or something Like I have never met him um, But he Uh me and my friends became, like in grad school, became fans of his. Um, and he actually, at one point, played a Skype concert for us. And so it's like, uh, you know, he, that's part of why I like this guy. He, like, very much just is, like, interacts with fans. He right? seems like a nice, normal dude. I've, yeah. I've heard him on a podcast talking about the Beach Boys album, Love You. I think that's mm -hmm. called the one from like 76. Oh, interesting. Uh, Brian Wilson's sort of comeback album. And he talks about like, that's his favorite album of all time. Of course it is how goofy that album is, but like just seemed like a totally <laughs> so, cool, nice person. Actually, you know what, since you brought up Brian Wilson, I'm going to pivot and uh, play this, share this uh, <laughs> one with you instead. So, I mean, if you write 23,000 songs, I bet at least a hundred of them are really good. Like, how could they not yeah. be? Just sheer numbers. Now, as a Matt Farley connoisseur, are most of these songs just him singing and playing a piano, or does he actually have, like, parts? So he's mostly singing and playing piano. So he's had tons of different uh, configurations, right? So he was part of this band um, in college, uh, and just like after college, called Moe's Haven. Um, and then that had like, uh, I think a guitarist, and a drummer, 
uh, in him. And, you know, he's gone through, you know, different groups that mostly involve people he grew up with or went to college with. Um, but mo- like the vast majority of the 23,000 songs are just like him in his basement, just like cranking out, you know, songs that are either about poop or like celebrities or there'll be like happy birthday songs that just like switch the person's name. Right. It's like happy yeah. birthday, Matt. Happy birthday. So Thomas. it's, it's like he's That's writing brilliant. it as he's playing yeah. it kind of thing. Uh, really the way I would think of him is like the, if you had a Venn diagram of like Randy Newman, uh, <laughs> Wesley Willis and a search oh. engine optimization algorithm. <laughs> like he's like right in the middle. And so it's like, that's what I'm saying. It's like a singular thing that I don't know anyone else who's kind of comparable. He is, he is unique. Yeah. That's how I remember. You ever think about the Wesley Willis thing and how vaguely problematic the fandom uh, was of that fella? Yeah. Uh, who is so, this person, by the way? Explo- exploitative thing. Yeah. Wesley Willis, it's to- it was totally exploitative. He was this, um, this musician who I guess was considered like an outsider artist, but it was very like, he was a schizophrenic man in Chicago and like his fans were kind of laughing at him more than with him. Yeah. Yeah, And it was, I mean, I listened to it in high school because it was like, his songs would be like suck a Doberman's dick or whatever. And I'd be like, Oh, that's amazing. You know, I'm 14. Uh, but yeah, it is pretty problematic. But I think the thing with, um, you know, Matt Farley is like, there is a novelty component to it, but like, you know, he's a smart, you know, normal adult, he's a right? Grounded so, guy, yeah. Yeah, so it's not like you're laughing at somebody, really. I mean, you can be, but, uh, you know, I'll see what you guys think, but <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, you shared with us a song called Ram is Even Better Than Smile. <laughs> yeah, I, I brought this up because you I, guys I would said, mostly agree with that, to be honest. <laughs> said yeah, this yeah. shit about Brian Wilson, so I was like, oh, how about this? <laughs> bothers me in the world of music criticism I'll tell you the personality of the musician gets in the way of the review it's true if people like the <laughs> musician then they're gonna be easier on the song Very true. and people tend to be easier on musicians who are insane. <laughs> and so everybody loves Smile by Brian Wilson because he's crazy. And everybody loves the whole concept of the insane genius. Meanwhile, good old Paul McCartney, he had his act together. He was a good, decent, normal family man. And he was making music even better than Smile. He made Ram. Ram is a brilliant masterpiece. But nobody paid any attention to it. Everybody just writes it off and says, Oh, that's just Paul being Paul. Come on, people. Give this record a chance. Oh, Come on, people, it's even better than Smile. Why is it okay for Brian Wilson to sing about vegetables, but it is not okay yeah. for Paul but, I mean, to sing about I feel about like the piano is, like, you know, pretty decent for, that's like, if you're doing, like, 20 of those a day, that's pretty good. Right, he's essentially writing it as he's recording it. Then yeah. Yes. 
there's a few different stand-up stand-up comedians. Maybe I'm thinking of like Zach Galifianakis, and maybe Dimitri, Dimitri Martin will play guitar. But it's like comedians where part of their act is they'll start just kind of absentmindedly, like playing music on, say, the piano or the guitar, and and sort of almost starting to sing or like talking rhythmically with what they're playing. But they're yeah. still doing bits, and that's very much what that just felt like to me. Yeah, it's actually I thought of the Zach Galifianakis uh, like live at the Purple Onion. Purple Onion, yeah, yeah. yeah. which I fucking love. It's like yeah. the best comedy special ever. That's so like, great. Yeah. you know, just like having this, which is essentially, I mean, you guys are doing like music criticism in long form, right? He has like several albums of just these takes. To him fucking around on piano. Yeah. And it's like, I'll listen to that work. It's, it's like a podcast. Time. I, yeah. I totally see the yeah. connection there. Yeah. yeah. Um, before getting into the scatological show, I was going to share one more. Um, <laughs> what a sentence. Before we get scatological, <laughs> I need to uh, form another part of my argument. I was going to just share uh, one more music one, uh, which I also feel like is kind of uh, pertinent. Does he do any, like, political? I hope not. Not really. I mean, part of what I love so much about just, like, listening to this dude is he's so, like, positive. It's just, like, a fun, positive dude, right? He he rarely shits on anything. The only thing he shits on, really, is, like, people being critical of Paul McCartney. He really wants to defend <laughs> Paul. He loves Paul McCartney so much. Uh, yeah. Paul McCartney basically wrote... Uh, 20 songs a day at various points in his life. Yeah, yeah, we all watched that uh, Apple TV <laughs> Beatles thing. <laughs> Dude, it was a machine. Disney Plus. That was Disney Plus? So, oh, yeah. I was thinking of maybe the Velvet Underground one or something. Billy Joel was on a roll in the 1970s and 1980s Coming up with all those great catchy melodies in the 70s and 80s, oh, glass houses, the stranger, the nylon curtain. He's an innocent man, he's an innocent man, he's Billy Joel. <laughs> but he suffers the same criticism as Paul McCartney. <laughs> What I say? <laughs> he loves You're just having him do the podcast for you. I know. As if melodies were bad or something. I don't know. Rock critics are only happy if beautiful <laughs> melodies are hidden behind all kinds of weirdness and distortion and you have to listen to the song 500 times before figuring out that there even is a melody <laughs> oh, oh, oh. he also shits Joel, a lot on radiohead for Billy that reason Joel uh, yeah. deserves so much more respect all right well do you think that he would do this podcast i'm inviting him yeah, I, again, he seemed like a totally cool guy. I'm, I'm hitting him up. Okay, yeah, yeah I think sounds a good. good. Idea. If he says yes, then Nate has to be on. The, okay, that's happening. Because then you can bring up the story of how they played a Skype concert. Yeah. Um, so now, because I said we'll get to the scatological, let me just play one of these. Can't wait. Poo poo, funny. Poo poo. <laughs> I feel like you just have to do it. It's kind of. It'd be. Everybody not, does it. Am I right? Yeah. All the greats, well, yes. Serge Gainsbourg, that's, that's, Fale, that's, Fale the, that's pretty much the premise of this track. 
that everybody does it. Everybody so, yeah. poops. Isn't that a Leonard Cohen yeah. song? What was the name of that Fela Kuti record? Expensive shit. Expensive shit. Yeah. What about the Serge Gainsbourg one about poop? It's like, I forget the name of it. Oh, I don't know. I think um, Serge Gainsbourg's attitude towards women is poop. That's what I think. Have you seen, Matt, you definitely saw this. I think we might have watched this together. But have you ever seen the Serge Gainsbourg, uh, like, on some 90s? Um, oh, God, it's painful. <laughs> yeah, ah, some so 90s awful. talk show. Different and episode. He's, he's <laughs> Let's say like, that hitting thing. on uh, Whitney Houston in yeah. a very, it's, like, predatory and cringy way. Very illegal on-camera way. Yeah. yeah. It's difficult to watch, yeah. Yeah. What a cool guy. Uh, talented uh, daughter, though. Actress, Charlotte. Yeah, Charlotte's great. She's in a lot of good stuff. 555. <laughs> <laughs> I like that record she did with the Air Dudes. Yeah. You remember, Nate, remember when we said, like, who do you think the best smelling band is? And yeah, then you it was said, Air. You said Air. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then we guessed, like, who's the worst smelling band? Who, who did we come up with the worst smelling band? I think you said Radiohead. Oh, uh, maybe. I mean... Yeah, I think there are worse smelling bands. No, de- definitely gotta worse be. than. Come on, <laughs> fucking red hot chili peppers. I'm just gonna throw that out there. Yeah, they might smell bad. I'm gonna say Gigi Allen. Yeah. Oh, that's, He's, yeah, that's not course. a band. Yeah, yeah. I, I was thinking of that too, but I, the Gigi yeah. Allen players. <laughs> the Gigi Allen experience. <laughs> now you're a big Gigi Allen guy, right? You listen to a lot of. His, I love. Oh, you yeah. dig into his musicality. Yeah, that's really. <laughs> Yeah, I tolerate all the theatrics. I, I stay for the <laughs> so musical. <laughs> so you can get to the music. Gigi Allen is the two girls, one cup of rock. That's pretty good. Pretty much. It's like, oh, but have you heard about Gigi Allen? You ever, you know yeah, what yeah. he does? It's like, I just get out of here, 14 year old edgelord. Like, yeah. It's like, I don't need to find my artists on Ron.com. Sure. I go to Parlor to find my artists. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> That's our new, that's our new sponsor. All right. Well, you guys were saying that everybody does it, so that is yeah. the premise of this track. All the greats. This song is called Scarlett Johansson Farts. Yeah. Mm, okay. <laughs> Thomas is getting worried. She's so pretty and she's so great. Acting in movies, singing songs by Tom Waits. When did that happen? She came out with an album, Tom Waits covers. Sometimes she releases stinky steam. (laughs) Oh, where, oh, where is that stench coming from? It's coming from Scarlett Johansson's bum. Oh, where, oh, where is that stench coming from? It's coming from Scarlett Johansson's bum. This is more fleshed out than the other songs. Yeah, you know what? It's actually, he thought, he put more thought into this than the other one. When a woman is so poised and so pretty as I think this came out later. This is, famous, yeah. this is... Brian Eno produced this one. This is when yeah, his, craft, his craft was uh, expanding. You know, I, I felt like that that's kind of representational of the, the poop songs. Um, he, uh, <laughs> he's a man of many talents. He is a man of many talents. Um, so I guess I should, you know, frame it that, like, he was mostly cranking out these songs to kind of like, you know, generate revenue um, mm. from between, I think like 2008 or so to like 2014 was when he was like really uh, cranking them out like 20 a day. And, 
you know, I think during this, and then he was admitted, and and he. Uh... <laughs> well, so in 2014, he. Oh God. Well, he. <laughs> um, he got featured on the Tonight Show. Oh he, shit! That was the Vimeo link. I, I couldn't find okay. it on YouTube. But yeah, if the listener wants to look it up, he sings this song called Used to Be a Pizza Hut, which is fucking great. In the background, so it's just him playing guitar, and in the background, it's pictures of different uh, stores and restaurants that have the Pizza Hut roof, but are no uh, longer a Pizza Hut. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's it's, really good. Yeah, it's really good. Uh, from that, he got some notoriety, and then, uh, you know, it built his audience a little bit, and he started um like making money off of these jingles for like car companies in the midwest that makes a lot of sense yeah and so he uh, at some point got to like quit his day job and just make money off of music and so like ultimately like it seems like his two main goals doing this and a lot of like the novelty songs are like twofold it's like make enough money off of it to just be able to do music full time and then the other thing is like to see whether or not um, to basically turn people on to some of his stuff that is like not novelty songs that he takes more seriously. Does he and have? So, yeah, so he has he, records that are like straight, straight sincerely. Ahead. Yeah, so he has a, a few. I mean, they're still kind of fun, right? So like one of them is called Straboli Alarm Clock, I think, right? So. It's like Stromboli they're not super like sounds like Frank Zappa record. Yeah, they're not Stromboli letter twenty three. Yeah, I I'm happy for him that he can do stuff. I want you know he's worked his ass off like you said years and years and years. He should make stuff that's more of a personal statement, and I want that out there. Just I would hope at some point maybe he considers having some bit of a recording budget because I think that would take that a long way. Well, so I just shared another one. I feel like with his later stuff, he had a better recording setup. Who knew that the Coldplay portion of this episode would be like more rambunctious than the <laughs> than the Nate part? <laughs> that I would not have predicted that. Yeah. Here we go. The passionate and objective Joker fan. It's one of his aliases. Okay, and this is called and another one. Losing my opinion. Nice. <laughs> My favorite pod. Oh my god. <laughs> I quite enjoy listening to Thomas and Matt. Oh. It's the show That's so good. that I love the most. Hell yeah. It's kind of like Joe Rogan, but with much more alpha hosts. Oh. <laughs> Damn straight. Losing my opinion is number one on my list. They're always doubling down on the hatred of kids. <laughs> Talking all about new wave bands. But only the ones that come from Japan. <laughs> oh my god. This is the, show I love. This is the new theme song. Two hosts and a guest that you've never heard of <laughs> Talking about music that is Sounds equally like loud obscure <laughs> Oh yeah, that is what the people prefer And that's why we listen To losing my <laughs> 
Wow. <laughs> All right, so I have a lot I of questions. <laughs> I have a lot of questions. Nate, Nate always brings a, a shocking moment <laughs> to each of the podcasts. Yeah, you were just I, saying. I got to get going in a couple of minutes. You, you land that one well, on us. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> you were just be like, oh, man, Nate's not so rambunctious this time. <laughs> you really, you did, you outdid yourself. Yeah. Uh, Holy moly. How did you orchestrate that? So when you said at the beginning um, that like you knew him vaguely through me and you're like, you had some sort of like relationship with this guy, like, you know him somehow. I was like, oh, fuck. I hope this doesn't like spoil this reveal at the end. Um, So the way I I know him is like in that era when he was just cranking out all these these tracks, I think this was like 2010 or something like that. I just like had started grad school and I was living in this house in West Baltimore and I just had this three story row home like to myself and we would throw parties in it. Um, and like we try to just like make them crazier and crazier each time. And, um, like me and and my friend Mike and, uh, we like got really into his stuff just by like random chance of like, you know, searching for random shit on Spotify, like weird words, like Taco Bell or something like that. Right. And, um, so we just figured, why don't we message him on his Twitter account and ask him if he wants to play our like house party. And he responded in like five minutes. It was like, I'm there. And we're like, what? And, and we're like, well, maybe you could like play via Skype Cause you live in like Massachusetts. He's like, well, if you want me to drive, I'll like come out and play. And we're like, no dude, just like you could Skype would be great. And he played, um, we told him like a, a handful of, of songs. That'd be like a good idea. Like one of them was him just roasting our friend Will for trying to pick up girls, like by saying he has a boat and, uh, he, he crushed it everyone loved it. And so there were a few more of these parties and he played all of them via Skype and so, like, over the years, we just, like, kept in contact with him. And so I told him that I was going to be on this. I was like, hey, like, I don't know what the response is going to be to your music, but I figured I would, you know, make the case that, you know, you're a, you know, a good musician who's, like, has this output and, like, this unique, mm-hmm. you know, style. And uh, he was all for it. And he, like, again, responded immediately and just, like, cranked out the track. And it was He's just the nicest dude. Like I, you know how like when we were recording, I'm just going to interject and say yeah. I'm out of time. But you oh, okay. two can you two can sorry. close the show. <laughs> okay, you, okay. You can do it in five minutes. All I right, literally sorry, yeah, was, ready. I went long, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's uh, amazing that see. he got back to you. Yeah, and that's... so he, uh, yeah, he's a super nice guy. He's just always down to do shit, and uh, I feel like that's part of his appeal. If you're a fan of his, is that like. He's a completely like accessible artist, right? I actually did. I did like his songwriting. I, I like I like the, the song structure. I mean, clearly, even from his like meanderings in the songs, that it sounds like he's writing on the fly. Like he has uh, a lot of ability. Yeah, because uh, the chord changes are like sometimes interesting. It's like, oh, okay. Um, yeah, yeah. He's a really talented dude, and I remember being sort of uh, fascinated by him when you first brought him up. Yeah. Uh, and now it's even funnier because of how ridiculous the algorithm has, has <laughs> yeah. gotten. Like he was, he was riding that st- st- stupid wave of it, 
years ago. And now yeah. it's, whatever it was then, it's a million times worse now. Yeah, he anticipated it. Like he was doing that for iTunes, right? Yeah. And now for Spotify, it's like out of control. So yeah. yeah. Well, we're gonna try to get him on this podcast at some point, and then we uh, he would probably do it. Yeah, yeah, I could. You know reach what we should have? Yeah. We should have him on to talk about Paul McCartney. Oh, and I that's think a great probably, idea. Probably the most like maligned solo McCartney record, or you know. To just to discuss Maligned Solo McCartney stuff because I'm sure he would love to talk about that. I think you're uh, right. But so we actually have we're down a, we're down a man. We lost Thomas, who is shirtless in front of me right now. Yeah, he's uh, uh, he he switched from this podcast to his OnlyFans. He switched he's switching <laughs> to his OnlyFans account. <laughs> he's switching to his OnlyFans account now. Um, but we're gonna we're gonna close out without him. He has dinner to go to. He's a very popular yeah. guy. He does not have time for you, listener. Only we do. I'm the one who cares. <laughs> I'm the one who cares about you. Um, and I guess I could do his bit. Uh, we, well, for starters, we want to thank Nate for coming back on and always bringing the heat. Every time he's here, always bringing the heat. Hey, it was uh, uh, my pleasure. It was super fun. And I feel like uh, I was shocked that you'd have me on after last time. So that was, uh, <laughs> that was People great. loved it. People oh, loved good. it. Um, and we got to do it again in a couple of weeks. And, um, but you know, the, all this stuff, like we have our opinions, sometimes we're talking about Coldplay and I'm defending them. I don't even know where that came from within me and I could be wrong now, but I don't think so. Is that all right? I did it. Okay. I was pretty shitty compared to how he does it, but, uh, well, I feel like you didn't lose your opinion. I, mean, I did not lose my opinion. No, I, I held it pretty firmly throughout. Please subscribe and write a review. Uh, we're on tiktok for some reason we're also on uh uh instagram and twitter and uh why don't you give us a follow so you can hear the next episode uh and we'll see you oh i'll say so long suckers and we'll see you next week oh now he's dressed that's it now he's fully dressed (laughs) (laughs) all right we're done we're done (laughs) oh yeah that is what the people prefer and that's why we listen